welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Welcome, 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 welcome. This is Catholic Stuff. This is <laughs> this is Catholic, <laughs> this is Catholic Stuff, Catholic you, stuff should you Should Know with Jacob and Father Mike. Here we are. What a start. We're <laughs> just, off to the races. Just say welcome a lot. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, Father Mike. Okay, so I'm going to turn off this phone. Good. Um, do Should I recommend, I always turn off my phone before going into the confessional. I think that's These a good These things listen. Yeah. So do you think everybody should? Or should we recommend this to our listener land? It's probably better. I don't know. The CIA agent that's listening in to the confession is bound by the same seal. So... Um, I don't know if he knows that or not. but I, Yeah, you, maybe you should yeah. tell him. Uh, I don't know that that would go over well. In the confessional, you say, hey, CIA agent, turn off your listening device. Hey, Siri, give him his penance. Yeah. Um, what else was I going to say? Sometimes people bring... Oh, I said, hey, Siri, and it popped up on your phone. Oh, no. <laughs> I turned it into airplane. See, that answers my question. It's always listening if you have, hey, Siri, on. Oh, no. Yeah, you can turn that off. Though. What about if I don't have Hey Siri on? Supposedly it's not, but I don't trust it. Okay. Well, I'm taking that's hey my Siri tin, off. That's my tin hat moment. Hey, the, uh, dude, I was leaving the cathedral today, and one of my parishioners was wearing a literal tin hat. Nice. <laughs> like aluminum foil hat. Nice. Uh, I don't know. Gamma rays? What do they call them? 5G? <laughs> yeah, the 5G flu, I think, is what they were talking about. Is it a flu? Um, let's see. What about um, Advent? What about snow? What about ice on the roads? Do you like the uh, winter? Winter has come. We got snow on the ground, Colorado. Man, this is just like our fall question. Um, I like winter. <laughs> yeah, that's right. These are right. I got a seasonal, <laughs> seasonal conversation disorder. I like winter so long as uh, I can go to the mountains and stay for like two or three days. I hate driving up to the mountains for one day of skiing. I love the skiing, hate the driving. Sure. And um, I don't like the cold. I don't like it. So every day I have to scrape my window off to come to school. I wonder why we have morning classes. Um, so I don't know. Winter's not my favorite season. So I live downtown, and there's an alley behind my house where I park. And it can get kind of sketch. The I- just the ice. Well, the ice, but mostly the... Uh, potential for things being stolen. So one of my sort of penances, sufferings, this is is such first world problems or whatever, (laughs) uh, is that I would like to be able to turn my car on and Mm -hmm. let it warm up, but I don't know how not to lock myself out. If I'm like, if I'm in the house or I'm coming back and forth, get a second key. What? Yeah. What? What? <laughs> wow. No way. Problem solved. I, lo- I lose things, though. I'm always afraid to. That is a good solution, though, I think. Yeah. I mean, even though you could still probably get a smash and grab if you see it running. So, Do you um, keep one of those? When, when I was a kid, we had one of these like magnetic lock boxes that my mom would keep in the wheel well. <laughs> and then... I think it was in the wheel well somewhere on the outside of the car. That, and it always stuck. So yeah, I'm going to tell Lisserland Land what car I drive, uh, what the license plate number is, and where I keep my spare key so that they can come take it off the trail. And then you can. <laughs> no, you like your car. No, I have a. Uh, I have a. 
It's not even a valet. That sounds like it's, insurance yeah. fraud. <laughs> it's not even a valet key. It's uh, it only unlocks the car. Um, I've got a key that'll only unlock the car, and I'll hide that in a specific place if I'm doing like bike ride or something like that. It only unlocks the car. Yeah, and okay. then I've got a separate hiding place, hopefully where nobody would actually look in my car, where I leave my my real key. So if I'm going for a bike ride, then I just have to carry the smaller. Um, I see. Yeah. And then my dad has the spare key. So if I get stranded, I can call him. Hey, that's a good idea. I keep mine in my house. And if I get stranded, <laughs> it's just <laughs> get in my Somebody house. swing by my house and pick up my... Yeah. yeah. And they might not have a, have a key to get in my house. Well, where did we get Where did we get there from that? I have no, oh, driving, snow, scra- scraping driving, ice. Uh, yeah, starting the car, warm. Um, do you, what do you think about um, anti-lock brakes? They're good. I try not to have to slam on them, but I always yeah. think that it for some reason I just don't trust them yeah. when it starts going. Yeah, I'd rather pump the brakes. <laughs> That's another reason I don't like driving. I'm not the greatest snow driver, and I've been here forever, and I'm better than ninety percent of the people on the roads. Oh, it's and get so mad. it's just like I don't trust that I'm not going to run into somebody, and somebody's not going to come flying through me. I remember there was a time, uh, mom, dad, don't listen. Um, is, I think it was high school, Uh-oh. senior year of high school. There was a winter, and I was just kind of like driving, listening to music, whatever, slightly distracted. It's snowing. I'm on uh, Havana and Parker, where mm-hmm. it crosses, mm-hmm. and the I'm not paying attention to the lights coming up. So I'm going at a decent clip because you can drive straight in the snow just fine. You can't stop real quick. Yeah. Though. And so, or turn. Yeah. So I look up, and the light is switching to yellow, and I hit the brakes. Because I'm like, oh, there's plenty of room to stop on a normal road, uh, but not with snow. So I'm de- anti-lock brakes. Like I finally stop well after the lights turned red in the intersection. Uh oh! Like, <laughs> I should have just gunned it. I should have just. And then the other guys, but everybody else was the like, other way. They were slow. The cars that start, they start so slow on the snow that nobody was able to like get up to speed to hit me. Have you ever crashed? Oh yeah. Yeah, we will tell those stories another time. Uh, My my parents maybe just recovered from uh, having me on their insurance plan from those crashes. Oh boy, how long does it take for that? So it was always their stuff. Well, it was I was on their plan, so there's like I was driving their cars. I I had one accident with my car that I had to cover, but there's like huge statistics for kids getting in crashes before. 18. Oh yeah, all all of mine were like six. I think one at 16, one at 18, one at 19. Yeah. None of them were big. They were all like fender benders. But is there, what do you think about like not giving a license to somebody until they're whatever, 18? I think it's fine, especially with Uber now. Really? Ride a bike. I don't know. How do you get to high school? <laughs> I didn't drive. I didn't have a car until well, yeah. well into college, in seminary, mm. something. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I drove, but I didn't have a car. <laughs> Yeah. How do you feel about driving other people's cars? I hate it. I'm yeah. always nervous. Yeah. Like, I'm going to do something. Yeah. I borrowed a, well, no, Brady borrowed, borrowed, Father Brady borrowed my truck because there was a seminary camping trip. Uh, and so I took his Honda Accord back up to the mountains to Craig, and a deer hit me. <laughs> it jumped out and slammed into my car. I swear the deer hit me and not the <laughs> other way around. <laughs> had, had a target on you. Oh, yeah. He wasn't paying attention to the car crossing signs that they put out for the deer. That's what I'm talking so. about. Like a road. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
what about uh let's see snowmen snow sculptures you don't care about that stuff i'm a big fan of snowball snowmen, fight especially a big one i like snowball fights because i can throw snowballs very hard uh, oh, that's right. Baseball, baseball player. player. So that's always fun to try and hit people, especially on seminary campus, try and hit them from like way across campus so they don't know who even threw it. Yeah. So that's fun. Uh, the first, <laughs> we have our spirituality year house and a lot of guys from Phoenix come to study at the seminary here. And a handful of those guys from Phoenix have never seen snow in their life. Um, so the first substantial snow we had my spirituality year, I made it my goal to tackle every single one of them into the snow wow. and uh, one of them got away that day and so two years later <laughs> abraham davalos is ha- hanging out in his room here and uh, I, I get one other guy i'd made a snowball big old delicious snowball after a snow and i got another guy to knock on the door and i was standing like in the stairwell 10 15 feet from his door and uh, as soon as he opened it just plastered him in the chest with the snowball finally got him so that's my in this, inside. Yeah, inside, of course. So I got in trouble, <laughs> college seminary, because, well, like an idiot, me and I think it was Derek Lucero, we built a snowman in one of our buddies' rooms, <laughs> and yep. it was funny. It was cool. It was it was yeah. fun and funny until the floor flooded and <laughs> the whole room like the carpet was terrible. Yeah. Uh, I got in trouble for that one. Yeah, I built a small snowman in Eric Larson's room my freshman year of college. I think he was a junior or senior. He was a You got to have one of those like um but the best one we floor did floor covering or something. We we built a huge one in our um residence directors when we were in Austria studying abroad in Austria. We built a huge snowman in his shower. Yeah, like, see, shower if works. it's going to melt, it's going to be fine. The problem is we didn't think it blocked the drain. It was so big. So it started melting and it had nowhere to go. So it still oh, flooded the right. bathroom floor. <laughs> so we had to go in and take it apart piece by piece. And <laughs> oh, right. It still I would have made the same mistake for drain. sure. So it started melting and there's like nowhere to go. And it melts from the outside in. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> and then uh, we would build snow fort. Oh, yeah. And do you remember that big snow late 90s? It was 97. 96, somewhere in there. It was like a huge, I feel like there's always... There's always something. But there's a huge blizzard. I was probably seven, eight, six, something in there. And I remember that one. The, the drifts were so high. They were twice the size of me. Wow. And um, so me and my brother were able to, like, tunnel. We built this huge tunnel complex. Oh, through the drifts? Like, around the driveway, wow, along the house. cool. And when you're six, that's just... That yeah. like for it. It's but. a lot of work, though. I guess you don't care. You would be out there... Yeah, kids come in for a hot chocolate. Yeah, I think applesauce. I think snow is God's God's way of saying stop and go play. Yeah, you know we got to listen to that. Just stop working and go play. Now we got Skype and uh, nah, Skype's like ten years old. Now we got FaceTime and Teams and whatever else. Yeah, I was gonna say like where it's like oh, I, keep being productive. And I'm like, I just got an uh, an email saying hey, be prepared to go online for classes. Yeah. On Friday, if the snow hits real hard, um, that's probably just my entitlement showing that, like, because I know a lot of people have to work. Um, yeah, and work from home. But I, I just think it'd be nice if corporations said, "Hey, it's cold. Go play. Go like curl up with a book and." Hey, um, man, I'm for still, it. Still, still pay your employees, employers, but uh, give them the snow day. 
you could make a snow fort in our yard and then over at little Billy's yard. And then you could kind of run back and forth and hide behind <laughs> the, the respective snow forts. But the snow fort took so long to make if it was going to be high enough to actually like be you know, worthwhile that Colorado weather changes so fast. It's already melting. It can snow. Yeah. <laughs> it can snow in the morning and then be playing tennis in the yeah. afternoon. So by the time you got done with the snow fort, there's no snow to throw. <laughs> You're like pulling apart the snow fort. It's like pulling dirt out. And, and then it's so like wet and heavy and it's just painful then. Oh yeah. Ice balls. I've never, um, I've never done all four of them, but I've had multiple days where I've gotten two or three of them where I've skied and climbed or biked uh, or golfed in Colorado, which wow. is crazy, right? To think that you can go it's from like skiing to decathlon. You can go from ski. I've gone from skiing to golfing. I've gone from skiing to climbing, and I've gone from skiing to biking. Where I skied yeah. in the morning because it's up in the mountains, usually in the spring, but it's wild. Did I tell you about my Colorado decathlon? Uh, probably remind me. You so you got to bike to the top of a mountain, um, hike hike to the top, ski down. J- swim across a glacier lake <laughs> and then go catch a fish and hunt down a bear. <laughs> and the first, the fastest to do it wins. You um, have to do it in like two days. And you have to have a bear tag to do that. So, Oh, that's true. But I bet, what else can we do? I bet the state would allow, you know, bear tags Pet a in dog. that situation. <laughs> <laughs> Pet a dog. Uh, I don't know. That's pretty Colorado. Um, make your own granola. <laughs> yeah, uh, climb a tree. <laughs> climb a tree was fun. Do you? Ha- when was the last time you climbed a tree? Uh, Speaking of play, probably pretty recently. I'm trying to think though. Yeah. Did you do it? Did you climb a tree on uh, pilgrimage? No. I don't even remember. And I loved climbing trees when I was a kid. I was like a little monkey. Loved it. Yeah. I think I shared on one of the other podcasts that my, my uh, parents' old house had these massive pine trees in the back. At least I remembered them as massive, but they'd grown together. And so we, my brother and I could climb up one side and then cross the branches. Whoa, and nice. down the other side. It was the coolest thing. And I was telling this story to somebody. Maybe it was a podcast or maybe just guys at my house. And I was like, maybe I would have been four or five years old. Cause we moved the summer I turned six. And so I was only four or five years old climbing in these trees. Oh yeah. And I thought maybe, maybe these trees were a lot smaller than I remembered them. I was just tiny. And then I asked my dad and he was like, Oh no, those trees were pretty big. <laughs> so since four or five years old, I was climbing. You know, trees. they say that kids are really good climbers. Mm. I've seen that with climbing walls and stuff like that. Yeah. My niece, Sophie, could barely walk, I think. And she, she was given this uh, kind of climbing, what would I call it? Like a triangle, like a pyramid. And it's got these uh, wooden rungs across it. Oh, it's it's kind of like and a climbing wall for babies. Yeah, it's like that. She, My sister, Hannah, is very uh, Montessori. Oh, happy birthday, Hannah. <laughs> yeah. Is that today? Yeah, shout out. So we're recording on your birthday. You're going to be listening to this on Thanksgiving. So Thanksgiving to everybody. And Is uh, this? Thanksgiving yeah, episode? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Happy Thanksgiving. And uh, that's going to work for whoever listens to it the day of. Everybody else, it'll be too late. But um, yeah. Sorry, back to your sister. Well, I should be talking Thanksgiving yeah. traditions. Yeah. No, that's just Sophie was climbing this stuff because she's Montessori. <laughs> Hannah does everything Montessori. It's making uh, Sophie very sophisticated. 
She can feed herself. It's very early. That's impressive. Well, Soph, ju- doing Soph just turned two, so uh, I'm kind of um, yeah. backtracking with her timeline here <laughs> with the feed yourself stuff. But it's been pretty cool, yeah. yeah. What about um, Thanksgiving traditions? Very few. Our family, it was big Christmas. Uh, we always did family Christmas stuff. So Thanksgiving was always a lot smaller. I do remember one, we went out to my grandparents in Eastern Oregon, and my grandma made this huge, huge turkey that at the time was about as heavy as I was. Um, wow. I, was I was probably six. But wow. I remember being like, that turkey's as big as me. <laughs> that turkey can take me down. Um, but you, did you ever fight a turkey? No. No, nope, never fought a turkey. Uh, that could be on the Colorado thing, but yeah. we don't have wild turkeys here. Like one, yeah, they're pretty rare. Yeah. I saw one up uh, way out eastern plains. We were pheasant hunting, and I saw a turkey. But I've seen them in the mountains a little yeah. bit too. What about uh, so like Thanksgiving? Oh, what was I gonna? Oh, did I, I was just gonna mention that I love stuffing, <laughs> 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 and that I was I was in charge of making stuffing. But we were so simple; it was stovetop. <laughs> and uh, but it's it the in the savory the thing, side? dude. That's the real well. Thing. Usually on the side. Yeah. I think it's better that way. It's nice. Yeah, it's nice. I'd take it anyway. <laughs> I love savory. Someone told me recently that savory has a different name. That there's different. There's like four different flavors. Hmm. salty sweet bitter and umami is that what they called it do you know that okay no idea people can get back to me and tell me what umami is well i mean there's as many names for savory as there are languages in the world probably right right but the the curious thing was they were saying no 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 that's that's the official name i don't know all right (laughs) what about (laughs) i I just uh Seems like something they learn to impress people at parties. Sorry, that felt insulting. I apologize. Give me three things you have been thankful for this year. Ooh. I was thankful to live at the Companion's House 1050 over the summer. Yeah, right that on. That was huge. I'm thankful for that, too. Um, you, <laughs> you're living there. I yeah, mean. yeah. Man, you're putting me on the spot with these. I mean, I want them to be good. All right, well, I'll, t- I'll tell you. You do your three. I'll and do three I'll today. I'll do three today. Three today. All right. Okay, one was that um, we got to watch this little video about Aristophanes, the Greek comedian in Greek class, and I had this like thought, this is really fun. <laughs> I, like, I like this Greek class, and I like these guys. Then I had mass, and I was in the middle of the intercessions, or at the end of the intercessions, and I prayed one for my sister Hannah. Shout out, Hannah. It's her birthday, in case you didn't know that <laughs> three minutes ago. If um, you're just joining us on this podcast. <laughs> and uh, I was just kind of on the fly thinking, and I say, well, thank you, God, because she's, she's very sweet and generous and kind. And she had a baby this year, and I want to give thanks for that and celebrate that for this birthday. And that was just a, a real joy to remember my sister. And then, let's see, in Greek 3 class, I got a lot of Greek whatevers, <laughs> um, I was kind of, uh, one of the guys had an insight about how this man born blind scene has all of these allusions to the uh, creation narratives with Adam being made out of the, the mud and fashioned and Jesus spits in the mud and then makes these eyes for this guy. And the question, who, 
who sinned, this man or his parents, and uh, the sin of Adam and Eve, our first parents, and the effects of that sin. So um, I'm blown away by the genius of these guys. <laughs> John Cooney. There we go. What's up? All right, my next two, uh, since I'm not thinking in the context of the year, just in the week. Uh, yesterday, our community night seminary uh, houses, we've got community nights every Tuesday. Um, we watched a movie called Show Me the Father, which is like a documentary on fatherhood, God's fatherhood. Oh, cool. And it kind of follows the stories of some, some men and their journey from, you know, with their fathers or absent fathers or whatever. Is it contemporary? Yeah. Um, it's the, the same guys that made like Fireproof and some of those other movies made this as a documentary. Okay. Um, their first documentary. I can't remember, but Show Me the Father, totally worth watching. Um, so very edified by that, very grateful to have that. And I thought it was cool because uh, it made me, obviously, you, you see that. You start thinking about your own dad. Um, and my dad just started working at the Chancery. Uh, That's the, right. The I saw him offices. yesterday. He started yesterday. He was He's IT. All, yeah, he was me. getting all his, uh, I don't know, getting everything set up uh, yesterday. And I couldn't go visit because I was had a full day. But I went and saw him today. So that was cool to just walk over and be like, hey, dad, what's up? Yeah. So that was fun. Grateful for that. It's like take your dad to yeah. work day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and it's funny because Zach Mahalchek, who's also a seminarian, his dad uh, works in IT just across the hall from my dad. Um, so it's kind of like a, I don't know, is that nepotism? I don't, we didn't get him the jobs. Well, then yeah, it's not. Then it's not. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What does um, IT stand for? Information technology. Oh, I was thinking internet technology. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, I think IT was around before. <laughs> um, so that was good. And then, uh, yeah, Tim Scope today texted me and said, hey, man, we haven't talked in a while. Let's catch up. I've got some questions for you. And normally when you get a text from a seminarian, like, hey, where are you? <laughs> it's like, oh, no. He's like, hey, I want to talk to you. It's like, uh-oh. Oh, uh, yeah. I did something wrong. He's going to correct me. And Timmy's like, no, nah, A little fraternal correction. Tim was just like, I want to hang out with you. We haven't talked for a while. Um, so it's good. Catch right on, man. Friendship. Yeah. So that's a segue. He's looking at the clock. I'm not. I am now. Oh, dude. Great banter. Yeah, great. 22 <laughs> minutes in. Let's go. Is topic. it? Oh, yeah. But that was all fun. Everybody, I'm assuming, who's listening still, has enjoyed it. I think well, that's I fair to think. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you can take yeah. something about the snow. Take your reflections. Yeah. I heard from somebody who said, well, it's not so much banter. It's just good conversation. I was like, thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's meant to be. Yeah. I Have you ever ridden a Segway? <laughs> just Segway? Have you ridden a Segway? <laughs> I haven't. No, uh, no, I haven't. All right. Well, I, I don't know that. Well, yeah, I have. I actually, I remember <laughs> Lebsock was making fun of me for riding that Segway. So it's, yeah, something of Thanksgiving. You got the end of the liturgical season coming up, and then we'll have Christ the King Sunday. Is that this Sunday? Um, yeah, I believe so. And then you have Advent that starts, yep. right? So it's yeah we're kind of rolling into the new season the end of this old season and i have been kind of reflecting on advent and what uh what it means and then what the uh kind of what do i want to do for advent like what am i mm-hmm. supposed to do i should pray about that it, some, for some reason i'm finding it hard to like discern the will of god these days <laughs> so I'll, I'll keep trying but I think there's something sometimes of God saying, well, you got, I gave you a brain. I gave you a heart. Make some decisions and, you know, be wise. So I don't know if that's the case this time. But anyway, leading up, the 
so Advent is a season of preparation for Christmas. It's a penitential season traditionally and was started in the 5th century. And it traditionally starts on the Feast of Martin of Tours. That was the 11th. And then leads up to Christmas. I'm not sure why, why they was. shorten it. I don't know. I really yeah. don't. I don't know if. I don't even know if that's like a newer innovation or yeah. when when that happened. But the old monastic thing was. If only there was a show called Catholic Stuff You Should Know that we could go hey. find out why they did that. Dude, we <laughs> should have. I always thought we should have like a fact checker somewhere in the room. Yeah. I kind of yeah. like. I find it a little bit endearing that we don't have, because <laughs> a lot of podcasts have the research. Yeah you know, element, there's yeah. somebody behind the computer and the question comes up and then they can fill you in on it. But whatever, we're real. <laughs> I, I'm a real boy. <laughs> uh, so let's see. Martin Tours Advent, penitential season. A lot of people probably don't know or right. don't think about it as being penitential season. That's why we wear purple. Yeah, the... But different than Lent. It's different than Lent, although for a long time it was just another penitential season hmm. you have preparation for the big fe- the big feast christmas and easter and you should prepare for it so in the monastic tradition there's been a variety of practices but they always involve some sort of uh, penance or fasting mostly fasting and it's either three days a week or every day during this season leading up to hmm. advent now the, the more recent tradition has been that this is a period of waiting and preparing for the coming of Jesus, yeah. whereas Lent is more of a penitential, something that reflects the sorrowful mysteries, the lead-up to Passion Week, and and then the fasting, preparing for the resurrection, but uh, not the same sort of theme. And Advent means he's coming. Yeah, He's coming along. How do you, I don't, I'm going to come across as like a curmudgeonly, like grumpy person. Yeah, you are. How do you, how do you prepare? How do you prepare? How do you let it be a season of preparation when everything about secular Christmas is already going? Like Thanksgiving's up and we're already on like Black Friday sales for your holiday shopping. And I walked into a store three days after Halloween and they were playing Christmas music. And I was like, I mean, I like it, but. It's a little early. I'm not so hung up on yeah. that. I know a lot of people are. Because I'm not, I don't think it's necessarily like, it's all the worst thing you can do. Um, but how do you intentionally make it a season yeah. of, of preparation? Well, I'll try to give a couple of points. But I, to be honest, I know there are a lot of Catholics who don't want to listen to Christmas music beforehand, are very careful not to get like too roped into the consumerism. And these things are a problem in greater culture, for sure. That's why I just listened to Sting's winter album. Oh, really? It's, it's just like winter songs. It's not Christmas. Well, I think most of those albums have become holiday <laughs> and usually romantic stuff. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I don't really care. I mean, I kind of, I don't mind it playing around. I don't tend to change my, like, listening to music habits. But the, yeah, don't get roped up in the consumerism. Maybe I just say that. Yeah. And... I but I, usually when I when I go shopping, I will get excited about giving gifts. Mm. Like I look forward to seeing people happy, and um, it's not about the stuff so much as like thinking about somebody and trying to be thoughtful about a gift and just 
expressing that gratitude. I always have liked gift giving. And uh, so that's, I think if you stay mindful, maybe, then you'll be less annoyed in the lines and uh, obsessed with the deals or feeling a lot of pressure about getting the right stuff or even just worrying about stuff at all. So that's one. And then the Christmas music, I'm kind of the same. I'm going to get in trouble for this. (laughs) Trust me with a lot of Catholics and I don't this, I'm not an authority, but I listen to the Christmas songs and it just makes me extend the Christmas season. I'll do it eight days. I'll do the octave of Christmas for sure. And I, I guess I'm mindful about the Christmas tree, but I, I like it. I love Christmas. I'm, I have a Franciscan spirituality <laughs> and they, the Italians start to build the, the crash well, well beforehand. So that's one of the first recommendations yeah. is build a manger scene, but piece by piece. And hand, handmade, piece by piece. Yeah, if you can, preferably. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of work. Maybe just you have it and you put it out. Yeah, piece by piece. Or I, th- I think you can, you can make one, but I don't know that it has to all be by hand. I was thinking of like those little army figures or like for the shepherds. <laughs> or uh, monkeys in a barrel. You remember monkeys in a barrel? Oh yeah. Maybe you could do this easier after Christmas when you have toy soldiers and monkeys in a barrel. Uh, I loved that stuff though. How you can like link the monkeys together and then they. All right. So the one, <laughs> the one is um, sort of have the have the characters preparing for Christmas because oftentimes you have the the wise men traveling. Have you seen that? Yeah. Yeah, you like move them a little bit each day until Epiphany when they finally get to the. Yeah, we had a priest in college seminary who would wake up in the middle of the night to move the wise men, <laughs> so that everyone was surprised. Oh, they they're moved. alive! It's like Toy Story. Yeah, exactly. They come alive at night. Okay, so that's one. And then the other possible recommendation is that you have one of those. You know those Christmas or those Advent calendars? Oh yeah. Like with the numbers, and then you take a chocolate out of it, or a fortune cookie Whatever slip, or yeah. Um, we didn't have the chocolate ones. We just had ones that had like pictures. I think maybe stickers inside of them. Each one you open. Yeah, it. it's so fun. It keeps you counting down. You look forward to the next day. Yeah, absolutely. But I think uh, adults can do this, yeah. or parents, or whatever, and use it as a kind of litany of gratitude. And we talked about Thanksgiving, but this can be a way of reflecting on the graces of God in the previous year, which isn't the same thing as like, I'm thankful for this blessing or something happy. That's super good too and leads to praise of God. But to recognize the graces of the year can mean difficult moments or it can mean new friendships or um, whatever it is, little points of conversion, little points of encounter with God, moments that our heart was turned to praise. And this girl, I I was giving a tour to some high schoolers, a tour of the cathedral a couple of days ago. And this, it was, it was a tour for a public school and they were taking a comparative religions class. Hmm. So they're studying Hinduism and Buddhism and uh, Judaism, Islam, and this was Catholic day. So they came to the cathedral and I told them, so I gave them the kerygma. Here's the story of Christianity and tried to express like the beauty of this um, reality of the incarnation and salvation and heaven. 
and then gave them like this tour of the cathedral. And the kids were asking questions, and some of them were very easy to answer. Most of them were very easy to answer. What story is in that stained glass window? What kind of architecture is this? What's that um, table that sits in the middle of that, you know, up there, the altar? Mm. And um, <laughs> These are the questions you're asking the kids to get them to... Right, yeah. right, right. You, Father Mike knows what the altar is, everybody. No, they're asking me. <laughs> oh, they're asking you. Yeah, they're asking me. <laughs> so then this girl in the back, she says, she says, how do you know that Jesus loves you? Oh, wow. Someone told me Jesus loves me, and I don't know what that means. That'd be like saying Socrates loves you. Well, I don't know. Is he like an invisible friend? or what, How do you know that Jesus loves you? And I thought that is a terribly profound question and really hard to answer, but really beautiful. Mm-hmm. It'd be like something like if a blind person all of a sudden could see, and then you start seeing, and if you were asked, is the world beautiful? How do you know that the world is beautiful? And you just start pointing to things mm. because it's delightful and you can see. Um, I think the reality of grace and of God's presence is something like that. There's so many ways, you know, maybe primarily in the sacraments. I've been forgiven and I'm convinced that I've been forgiven by God. I encounter Jesus in this blessed sacrament, but I don't know how to explain that to you. Um, I meet Jesus in prayer. There's little signs of God's grace and his presence in my life throughout these experiences that I have. I find Christ in the scriptures. Um, how, do you, how do I know that Jesus loves me? Because my parents told me, and my priest told me, and these other Christians told me. All kinds of ways you know, I encounter Christ in the poor, in the people who are most inspiring to me, and the way that they have a whole different kind of spirit in mm-hmm. the self-sacrificial love that they give. So these are the things you're, you're looking for with this Advent reflection. You know, those, those are the graces. that. Yeah, the graces. How do I know that Jesus loves me? It, it recall, recalls to mind the um, be ready to give uh, an account for the joy that is within you. Mm-hmm. Um, that you're kind of pondering upon these things. You're looking at, oh, this is how God's work. This is how God's work. This is where Christ was. And now you're ready. So I'm sure you were ready to answer that question with experience. But inadequately, I felt, because there's something that it was like talking about sight and what you can see to a blind person. Mm. That's no insult to her, and I don't want to judge her, and I... And I know there's so many people out there who are, haven't experienced religion. But my final response, and this happened in reflection afterward, was come and see. Mm. Come and see. You open your heart to it. You, you open your mind. And you uh, take the step. Yeah. You know? Well, what do you think about, I think, a number of people may be curious about Christianity. Maybe like Zacchaeus, and they'll climb up the tree to see Mm. Uh, see Jesus, but they're not, they don't really want to talk. They don't, they might see you in the collar and they're like, ah, can I really talk to him or not? Um, so there's a curiosity and they're looking for signs of verification. And I've heard from many that uh, I like the ideas of Christianity, but then I look at Christians and they don't seem yeah, to be di- right. very different, right? Um, and there's a, I think there's a truth there. Sure. I think a lot of us can live a life that doesn't look very different. Um, I plenty of times live a life that doesn't look like I'm transformed. 
Um, so there's a truth to that, to like, yeah, absolutely. but then there's also, I think what you're saying, this come and see this, uh, come see the inside where all of a sudden I'm, I'm actually viewing the world through a, a different lens. I'm seeing it as God sees it. I'm, I'm receiving mercy. I'm going to, uh, profess my sin and receive reconciliation. Um, and that's all happening inside. And so even though, yes, I'm still living that way or this way, and it doesn't necessarily look super transformed, there is some internal thing that's happening. And I'm starting to see the world as a Christian. And um, How do you think that interplays? And Yeah. Yeah, conversion. Conversion is as something of an eye-opening and an enlightenment throughout life so that we can see something clearly. The baptism itself, you know, you're given eyes to see. So I ended up just praying for this girl. God, like, you meet her and meet her where she's at and then lead her by your providence, by your grace, um, quietly toward baptism. And um, and that's my hope, that everyone discovers Jesus. Part of her reticence was, and shared by the class, was, why do you think you're better than everybody else? Mm-hmm. Why do you think you're religious? Because there's a, this tribal mentality right now, and it's very prevalent that there's different teams you belong to one team and teams shouldn't fight they should find ways to get along and the religions are teams and you have picked yours but why should why should anyone if if having to choose one i'm going to take forever to figure out what the best one is and maybe it's better just not to join Mm -hmm. because then i'm judging the other ones, or then I'm becoming a party follower or something. Yeah. And this doesn't work anything like that. This is a whole experience. This is a whole lifestyle. This is a whole way of being. And there's something similar in these other religious experiences seeking Christ, even if they don't know it. And they, yeah, it's a, it's just a whole, it's a whole lifestyle, not a, not a tribe. Um, so yeah, come and see. So that's the, the Advent experience is an experience of gratitude. And if you recognize all of these graces, it's going to prepare your heart for looking forward to the coming of Christ, right? Because that's what we're celebrating is Advent. That is, in Greek, parousia, this concept that Jesus is coming again. And, of course, Bonaventure saw that in three ways. It's become very popular. It was the first coming of Christ it was the contemporary coming of Christ over and over in the sacraments and in our lives. And then it's Jesus is going to come at the end. And we're praying for all of them. You know, come Lord Jesus. In gratitude for the first one, in gratitude and ask, in inviting him to come back uh, more deeply into our lives. I stand at the door and knock. You've become lukewarm, but I stand at the door and <laughs> knock. And we're saying, come in, come in. And then finally... We need we need Jesus, the King and the Judge, to come back and set the world right. You know? Yeah, I think um, I, what came to mind as you were talking was a light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Um, and so, as we're reflecting, kind of backwards, looking back at the graces, the points of conversion in our life during this time of Advent season, it's in the Northern Hemisphere, um, the days are getting darker or, or shorter night is coming and it's taking up more time uh and so i think this at least you know where we live the the meditation of 
the darkness is here and we're awaiting that light to shine, that, that light that will come into the world at the nativity, um, that the light shines in the darkness, the darkness isn't overcome. Um, as we're looking back, seeing where God has already fulfilled his promise uh, with the parousia, with the first coming, with, but then we're also looking forward. Um, so this Advent isn't just a remembrance of the Christmas story 2,000 years ago, but is also a looking for the coming again. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Pious What's thoughts. the name of the the thing where it comes before the dawn, but there's a little bit of light, sort of hazy light that's starting to come up? Oh, even before you the You know dawn. what I'm talking about? Okay, so maybe. <laughs> all, that, all that comes to mind is the uh, the Batman quote, <laughs> night is darkest before the dawn. Um yeah, that's real. That's real, man. That's part of what we're celebrating. Like you're saying, it leads up to the, what is it called? Equinox? Yeah. Solstice? One Solstice. Of the two. Equinox is the summer? Yeah, I don't know. But the sun is coming back when it yeah. got really dark. Which for us, I mean, right at Christmas or around Christmas is where it starts getting brighter again. Yeah. Uh, north, and so north. maybe you see the, the advent as that first kind of dim light that you can start walking toward something. And the breaking of the dawn. Now I'm thinking about just the movie quotes. Gandalf, look to the east at the rising of the sun. Yes. <laughs> and then the sunrise itself, the Christmas day, is that brilliant, colorful, amazing something that breaks through. And Advent, preparing us for that, is like, let me be very, very mindful of grace in my life and in gratitude. So that's what I'm trying to encourage is like extend your Thanksgiving and make it a daily practice leading up to this Christmas. You know, every day you do you recognize some grace. And those I mean we shared some things that we're grateful for, but there's like very very profound graces that have happened throughout my year mm-hmm. of uh, very apparent ways that God has been present. And they happen I don't want to give the impression that you have to have you know, 10 graces every day. I want you to look for the big ones. Yeah. One of the cool things uh, Father Brady shared with us in his reflections as we were walking on the pilgrimage, North American Martyrs, um, St. Ignatius talked about how ingratitude is the source beginning um, of all evil and sin. And so the inverse is gratitude is the source of all virtue and love, um, all mm. response. And so, um, you know, the the kind of the generative nature of, of virtues, if we start with gratitude, we have gratitude because we acknowledge what has been given. Mm-hmm. We respond in gratitude, and in gratitude, we now want to, we're changed. We want to change in our relationship with the giver, who's God. All good and perfect gifts come from the Father, come from above. Um, in that looking back and seeing what we have received, we enter a place of gratitude. And now in gratitude, we we start to go out to live, to follow as Christ showed us, um, who gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit, which the Holy Spirit indwelling in us makes us friends with God and opens to us, you know, this, this family of God, this salvation in God. Um, and that transforms you. That transforms you how you live. Um, it makes yeah. me think of virtue as if virtue is a habit, like a good habit that's easy, easy to do, mm-hmm. like, and it's, it's delightful to do, that it, it means taking the first step. It's yeah. like, what's the next step? If you're going to build a habit, you take the next step. But we need encouragement because you can get discouraged or yeah. just forget. And that gratitude is like, okay, this has worked. 
This mm-hmm. has happened in the past. So I can take the courage to make the next step and keep that ball rolling. Yeah. Okay. What if I give one more and that's it? All right. This one's relatively quick. People have been confessing and telling me that it's difficult to maintain their composure while they're driving. <laughs> Back to the driving theme. Uh, this is unrelated to the other uh, recommendations for Advent, but I suggest some cheesy prayer <laughs> that you bring in before you drive. So all the Catholics pray this meal prayer, this blessing. Bless us, O Lord, in these gifts which we are about to receive in thy bounty through Christ our Lord. Amen. And I suggest when you're getting into your car, just like when you sit down to eat, you pray your blessing prayer for that drive. So you can make up your own, but maybe like, bless me, O Lord, and this car that I'm driving um, for your glory, which I'm about to (laughs) succeed uh, through Christ our Lord. Amen. I maybe come up with a driving prayer, email it to us, see, uh, see if we, if we yeah. get a really good one, Father Michael, read it Short, pithy. Yeah. But really, I mean, I think invoking the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and rem- remembering that I'm a Christian and I am trying to love my neighbor is helpful, even yeah. in the frustration. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that's going to go away. I'm just saying it's going to transform yeah. your attitude toward it. Doesn't it doesn't change what happens. Like, we're not supposed to not be angry at injustice or whatever in our lives, or, but changes how you respond yeah and makes you behave right yeah. virtues of <laughs> clean driving okay that's what i got my shout out is to my sister hannah it's her birthday today yeah. happy birthday if you haven't hannah. heard if you, you haven't heard, heard it's hannah's birthday yet. if they fast forward um, through the well, banter when you're listening to this i guess it's hannah's birthday a week and a day ago that's right so happy post birthday hope your birthday went well hannah marie happy <laughs> birthday uh, I've got a couple this time. I actually prepared, um, usually caught without um, any shout-outs, but I went to John Paul the Great uh, High School to give a... They do their um, convocation, like five-minute exhortation story to the kids every, day. every morning, uh, which is pretty cool. So I went there and just shared a story from uh, from one time I was in Rome. I was going to encounter with the Lord. Um and one of the teachers, Helen, comes up, and she's, uh, she teaches Latin there, and she was a listener and said, hey, doing great. Uh, enjoy listening. So shout out to Helen. Um, yeah, Helen. She's the Latin teacher. I told her I might need to call her up for, like, some Latin, remedial Latin courses because um, it's been, like, five years. I haven't used it as much as I should. Confession. Hey, you, you know what I learned? Orate fratres, ut meum acvestium sacrificium fiat acceptabile apudeum patrim omnipotentum. Pray, brothers, that my sacrifice and yours, and yours yeah. be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Yes. <laughs> I had to memorize that because we're doing some Latin mass. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, Ed Lugo, who uh, works over there at the school. Um, shout out to him. And then they had some friend. Yeah, we love uh, you, Ed. We love some, you, Lugos. Some friend that um, is a listener of the podcast and asked if Ed could get them a shout out. And I'm not saying this is a great way to go about it, but I was just so fascinated. I don't know if it's Traver or Trevor, but a shout out to Traver or Trevor who asked Ed for a shout out. Uh, so Why Ed, would you say Traver? It's that's just... what it's written. Traver is oh. convinced you know the Catholic stuff, guys. All right, Traver. Shout out. So I think well, it's you're Traver, Traver now. Um, uh, from South Carolina, random guy who listens. That's what you What's sent up? to Ed Lugo. So. My brother was married in Asheville. Asheville. Um, and, and in South Carolina, in Charlotte, the airport, they have cool rocking chairs. 
In the airport. Yep, check it I out. I love rocking chairs. Oh, it's so nice. Rocking chairs and a quilt and maybe a pipe on a nice porch might make the winter a little bit better. Dude, that's the southern, southern charm. <laughs> that's all I got. All right, God bless you, everybody. Be thankful. We're really thankful for you. We really love doing this show. Um, hope that it does a lot of good in the world. Sounds like it's bearing fruit. And um, so we thank God for you and for the opportunity and for all the ways that you share the joy of the show through, um, yeah, throughout the world. I still don't remember the email. What is it? Catholic Catholic stuff at gmail.com. Yeah. Send us your uh, driver's prayers. Catholic stuff podcast Catholic at gmail.com. All right. All right. <laughs> Whatever Father John Send says at the, the end ether. of the podcast. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Take care. Have a good, good advent. God bless you, everybody.